You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I want to talk today and I'm conscious of time, but I want to talk about how sometimes God puts a blessed barrier in your life and you think it's awful, but actually God is up to something powerful Mm -hmm. and maybe the lockdown is that way with you and maybe it's your career your education your relationships your ministry your personal plans i don't know but i want to look at genesis 26 and i'm continuing where i was speaking before it was so powerful because i was reading what i'm about to share on today and we have an early morning prayer meeting, uh, which we do all the time. And right through the last three months, we would meet early on Sunday morning, everyone who was serving. And Charles Hancock had a prophetic word, and it was bang on what I was preparing for today. Would you believe that? So I know the Holy Spirit is in it. I'm going to look at Genesis 26, but let me remind you what I was speaking on two weeks ago. And that was, we were looking at this single mother now, Hagar, her teenage boy, Ishmael. They were on their own, ready to die. Die. In a desert. All the doors closed for them. But when Hagar cried out, God called her by name, personal. He opened her eyes and she saw a well of water in the desert. So in a place that looked like death, God was bringing life. But she had to open her eyes. She had to allow God open her eyes. Maybe you've got to allow God. Maybe you need to lock yourself in a room and get on your knees and say, God, would you open my eyes and let me see with this new lockdown? What are you doing? Because God is a destiny for everyone. And so here they are. It wasn't known as Beersheba then. It became known as Beersheba. It was just like desert. And we saw how Beersheba is the same size as Cork, thriving city today. Now I want to do a tiny bit of teaching as well. Is that okay? Yes! Okay, the congregation said it's okay. (laughs) So three numbers in the Bible are interesting. Three is one of the important numbers. So, for example, we have morning, noon, and night in our 24-hour cycle. We have past, present, and future as human beings within the timeline. We also have, for example, father, mother, child. That's nature. We have as Christians uh, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So within nature, within scripture, three is a very important number. We have, for example, the patriarchs. Again, three. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were the founders of the patriarchs of the Jewish faith, but of course also by extension of our Christian faith. And I'm going to throw in another funny one, which maybe you never thought of before, but it is altar, well, and tent. Uh, what? What has that got to do with my life? Well, Abraham was a man of altars, a place of thanksgiving, of praise, and of sacrifice. This was his primary identity, destiny, calling in life. Isaac, his son, was a man of wells, dug wells everywhere. That which is life-giving, nourishing life to human beings, to animals, and to plants. And then Abraham's grandson, Isaac's son, Jacob, was a man of tents. 
Tense is all about the journey, the pilgrimage of life, which Jacob himself spoke of, the journey we're all called to live in. So we're all called, most of us here, we'll all fall into one of these three categories, roughly. If you're a worship leader, you're probably an altar man or woman. If you are um, pastoral, you're probably maybe someone who digs wells and so on and so on. But I'm going to look at Genesis 26, pulling some of the big verses out of it. Please read your Bible. You have a whole week to read that chapter. It'll take you five minutes. I don't have time to read it all today, but if you want to get the full benefit, just have a look at it. And so I pray that God's word would set your soul and your heart on fire. My soul and heart on fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Here we go. Isaac planted crops in that land, that was the Philistines' land, and in the same year he reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him, same year. He became so rich that the Philistine locals became jealous, and they filled in all his wells with earth. Isaac moved away and dug wells at a place called Gerar, but the locals fought with Isaac there, and so he called that well dispute. He dug another well, but the locals fought him over that well too, so he called it opposition. Isaac moved on and dug yet another well, and this time nobody came and gave him trouble. So he called that well room, or Rehoboth in Hebrew, saying, No, the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish again. From there, he went up to Beersheba, and God appeared to him there, saying, Don't be afraid, Isaac. I am with you. I will bless you. You will increase. So Isaac built an altar, dug a well, and pitched a tent there. Even his enemies came there and promised to keep peace with him for the future. And just then, his servants came in and they said, we found water here. And so Isaac called that place Sheba, or promise, and it's known as Beersheba to this day. So this is where we finished off last week. We're looking at Isaac, and this guy Ishmael, who was with his mother Hagar, that was his older half-brother. Isaac is the kid who the teenage Ishmael was apparently giving a bit of hassle to, and his mother, uh, Sarah, didn't want it, and that's what caused it all. Now, it's very important, brothers, sisters, that we get the context. We're told that in the land of the Philistines, Isaac planted crops. You see, they were nomadic, but sometimes they would stay for years in a place. And look what happened. Isaac, God blessed Isaac a hundredfold. He didn't just have a double portion, or a treble portion of what he planted, God gave him a hundredfold. And it was in the same year. That's incredible. The blessing of God was on him. But oh, the green-eyed monster. Some people just think this is girls being jealous of each other. No, jealousy hits men as much as it hits women. And a lot of the local guys got really jealous. And so they went and they filled in all the wells he had dug with earth. That's rotten, isn't it? What a rotten thing to do. 
Thus, the heart of man and the heart of woman can be rotten, particularly if we don't have God in our lives. And so Isaac called the first well dispute, the second well opposition. He was having hassle after being blessed by God. He had all of this hassle. And so he couldn't, well, he chose not to stay in those places. So a barrier came into his life. And Isaac decided, well, I'm not going to try and make this thing work out. You see, Isaac just looked on and said, you know what? This is trouble. I'm not staying here. Sometimes, and as I'm older, I really would say this to any of you who are starting out adult life. If there's a lot of trouble, don't fight it. Usually, don't fight it. Mm. Be a man or a woman of peace. Mm. Bless them. And move on to something better. Amen. That's exactly what Isaac did. Oh, you can stand your ground and fight and be the hard man or the hard woman. And I know there's occasions when that might be needed, but very often you just give yourself grief. Mm. And life is short. So Isaac didn't stay where there was opposition. He saw that perhaps God was closing the door. If God is closing the door, don't fight it. Amen. Accept it. Amen. God is something better for you. And so Isaac decides to move on. And if this current lockdown situation is like a door closing in your relationships and your career and your education and whatever, you know, maybe God is closing a door. Maybe it's just a temporary thing, but maybe God is in it. Anyway, Isaac moved on and we're told, of course, that he dug another well, he got water there, and he called that well Rehoboth, a room, saying, Now the Lord has given us enough room, and we will flourish. Um, I remember being up in the north of Ireland. If you are watching in from Northern Ireland, good morning and God bless you. But a lot of houses were called Rehoboth up there, and a lot of churches were called Rehoboth. And when people are reading about Isaac and digging the wells, a lot of people stop at this verse. The Lord blessed Isaac. Now remember, no hassle, no opposition, nobody coming in at night, sneaking in and filling the well with earth. And if you don't have a well, you die, particularly in that climate. So he had room. He knew he was flourishing there. What a blessing. Praise God. Rehoboth, you've made it, Isaac. You've got your life together. God is blessing you. But what does he do? From Rehoboth, Isaac went up to Beersheba. What? Hang on a second, Isaac. Be off your head, man. You've had nothing but hassle and hassle and no water, you finally find a place where there's a brilliant stream, well of water springing up, and you've no problem, and you're flourishing, and you're moving on. Now, you can hear one or two theology heads going, yes, yes, no, but they were nomadic. <laughs> only to a point, only to a point. I'm not going to let you get away with that, brothers or sisters. Um, they would stay in the same place for years. You see, I think there was something far more going on. Any guy who had all the flocks Isaac had would really have treasured a well like Rehoboth. But he moved on and he went up to Beersheba. What was going on? Here's what I think was going on. Number one, Isaac had a relationship with God. I wonder, now this is my opinion, I don't have a scripture and you can stone me, I don't care. But I think Isaac sensed there's something more. There's something more. 
and I'm not to just settle for this. And the other thing, and I love this one, I remember coming across this when I was about 21, 22, it fired me up then, it still fires me up now. And that is, Isaac, the difference between a settler and a pioneer is the settler just wants a quiet life straight away and settle down and, and that's it. But a pioneer, someone who wants to keep moving on with God, getting, gaining new ground from the enemy for the Lord, advancing and expanding the kingdom of God. I'm speaking spiritually. He's, he or she isn't going to settle. You're a pioneer. It's what you're made of. I suppose think of the pioneers in the wild west in America, something like that. You want to get new ground. You want to take more ground. You're not satisfied with a little corner and just be quiet there. And so Isaac, the pioneer, moves on. Now he had all the history of all his enemies who were jealous of him, who filled in all his wells. He had all that baggage. Maybe today you have got a load of baggage. Maybe today you have had people who've given you a lot of trouble and opposition. Here what the Spirit might be saying to the church through this. Isaac, from a place of strength, moved on. And he goes to Beersheba. Now, while Hagar and Ishmael had discovered a well there, the well was forgotten. Hagar and Ishmael, it helped them survive, and they moved on. So Beersheba wasn't a thing. Isaac, nobody knew it, but he went on by faith, knowing God had something else to happen. And look at the, what he did there. The first thing he did was he built an altar. Now that wasn't his ministry, that wasn't his destiny, his main calling, but he wanted, as we all should, to give thanks, to praise God, and even to sacrifice. That's what we were doing this morning when we were singing our praise. That's what we do when we sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise, or we sacrifice some money to support God's work. That's what that is today. After he did that, he started digging a well. That was his thing. He needed to find water. And we're also told he pitched his tent. If you're listening on the podcast, that is Genesis 26, 25. So Isaac, in this prophetic verse, and I think this is a prophetic verse, draws from all three. This really is a completeness that's going on in Isaac's experience here today. He come, he came, and he did it all. And remember now, he's digging a well. He doesn't know if there's going to be any water, but he knows God, and he knows somehow God is in this, and he's a pioneer, and he's taking a chance, and he's not afraid, and he's not going to be hiding down in Rehoboth. This is a man who's expanding what God is doing. And what happens? Over the hill, he sees a cloud of dust. It's desert. And a whole bunch of people come. And he's probably going to himself, who's coming? Who's coming over the hill? He probably said to uh, Rebecca, his wife, do you see this here? Who are these guys? And then as the caravan train of camels gets closer, he goes, oh no, it's my enemies. It's the guys who filled in all my wells. Oh no. They're coming back, and they're going to give me hassle. And I bet you, human being that he was, he probably thought, Oh, I should have stayed back in Rehoboth. I'd have had no trouble. They're after catching up with me. But what does the Bible say? It tells us so clearly that Isaac's enemies came and promised peace with him there. They came and they promised peace. You see, I firmly believe, 
having read this over and over again and looked up the masters on it and all of that, I really am of the conviction that Isaac would never have had peace from his enemies if he hadn't had the faith as a pioneer to move out to Beersheba. If he had stayed at Rehoboth, I don't know the enemies would have met him there. But because he was a man of faith and he went forward just trusting God, not being afraid or anything like that, he went forward by faith. God made peace between him and his enemies. And his enemies instigated it. They were the initiators, not him. Hallelujah. Just think of the people who've given you the most trouble over the last few months. A boss, a teacher, someone in the family, a neighbor, I don't know. Imagine them coming to your door and saying, could we bury the hatchet? Would it be okay with you? Look, maybe I did you wrong. Can we make peace? Imagine that happening. But you know what? If you're a man or woman of faith, I can absolutely imagine it happening. Because God will bless you as you move forward with him. So here he is making peace. The thing is though, he still doesn't find any water. But as he and his enemies make a promise to make peace, the servants, with perfect theatrical timing, come running in. And they ran into him declaring, we found water here. So Isaac rediscovered the well that his older half-brother Ishmael had drank from and through which his life was saved. It's fascinating. It really is fascinating stuff. And so Isaac built an altar, dug a well, pitched his tent, all this beautiful stuff coming together. Enemies made peace with him. And just then he discovers, or his servants discover water in this desert place. And what does Isaac do? And this is why it's called this when Hagar and Ishmael were there. But they didn't have a name for it then. Isaac called that place Beersheba, meaning the well of promise. His enemies promised, promised peace, shalom, promised shalom with him. We will never fill in your well again. Who's filling in your well? Who's filling in your well? If I know humanity and I know Christians, family, work, school, whatever, someone is throwing earth in the well. Well, I'm going to pray, and we're going to pray, that a well would spring up in your life so that you would have peace with your enemies. Hallelujah. And I realize and appreciate, possibly didn't even make those enemies. Maybe they've been at you because they're somehow jealous. Isaac was innocent in all of this, but he still had enemies. Enemies don't mean you're a bad person. Enemies mean someone is threatened by you, usually. And horror of horror, sometimes in churches, it even raises its ugly head. So brothers and sisters, as the clock is against me, I want you to consider Isaac's life. Consider the well and the well of blessing that came from here in Beersheba. And you know what? You can go as a tourist to Israel, to Beersheba today, and you can see that same well. We're talking history, not just a made-up story. This is fact. And that well is still in the city of Beersheba there today. So we're going to pray for peace to come into your situation and that you would have a whole new well spring of blessing in your life. That opposition to you as a person, to your education, 
to your career, to your peace in your home, to your marriage, to your relationship with your kids or your parents or your brothers or sisters, we're going to pray that you would be in Beersheba, that you would have a promise from God, and that you would see an end to the opposition that's going on in your life. Like one or two small prophetic words as well. Then I'm going to ask Mike to come on. I'm going to ask him about this new well of promise to sing a song. I attempted to sing, but I think you'll do a better job of the comrade. Who do it to us? It's like God has been blessing you so many folds. It's like your harvest is coming in. And there are those in your work situation who are jealous of you. Beloved sister, they're jealous of you. And they're trying to fill in, as it were, the well in your life with earth. And we're going to pray today that the water would spring up. And that those people would not succeed with you. Amen. We're going to pray that. And I have one other prophetic word, and it is for a man, a brother watching in, and you've got a legal situation. And what I saw was, it's like you're holding a letter from a lawyer, or a solicitor as we call him here, and you've got the letter, and it's like, it's like earth being thrown into your well. It's like you're going, how am I going to get through this? And I want to prophesy to you today. We're going to pray over that letter, over that threat, and we know God is going to see it through. Amen? You're going to get through it, and you're going to come to the well of promise as well. So, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to hand over to Michael. He's going to sing the song just when I finish praying. But I pray now, Lord Jesus, for shalom peace to come into my brothers and sisters' lives. We ask you, O oh God, that into the situation that many people face, where there's a barrier, that we would see the blessing. We pray into the situation where there is strife and hassle and fighting. At work, in the family, 
in school with a neighbor. We just pray, O oh God, that you would bring those enemies to make peace with your sons and your daughters. I pray for that girl at work, that God would bring justice into your situation, and that those who are trying to stop you progressing would themselves be stopped. And we pray over that legal letter that is threatening our brother. And we ask you, O oh God, would you move heaven and earth and deliver our brother from every legal threat and let justice reign supreme in his life and that he too would see a well of water spring up in what looks like a desert now. Heavenly Father, we commit our prayers to you and we pray your deepest shallow peace into every life as this river and well of water springs up. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Let's sing the song, I've got a river of life. ago he was talking about somebody who needed to bury the hatchet as I was praying this week on Thursday. I just felt the Lord say to me that there are people in our church, in our congregation, people are tuning in who have been carrying or, or bearing a burden of resentment and you need to bury that hatchet. What does it mean to bury the hatchet? It doesn't mean to bury it in the back of the head of the person you hate. It means to put the hatchet underground, to get rid of it, to be done with the war and the battle. If that's your reality today, perhaps, perhaps that's a prophetic word for you today as well. Thank you for tuning in, brothers and sisters. Give us a good smile and give us a good send-off. God bless you guys. We want to say goodbye and God bless you. But let's just pray before yeah. you go.
Guys, for this coming week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, and God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you, lads. See you next Sunday. God bless you. God bless you. you.